Hey guys, we're back uh, doing a podcast with a buddy here in down in Georgia and make, kind of busting out a few podcasts. So today it's it's Jake and I and our good friend Austin Orgain from Oklahoma. Uh, we're gonna talk. What are we talking about? Talk a little match etiquette. Probably ask Austin some questions and see where else this conversation goes. So not exactly sure what episode this is gonna be. We're gonna try to record a handful and post these a little bit later. So we're down here at the AG Cup and uh, it's the evening of. Before it starts, we just had dinner, and uh, it's kind of exciting. So, and they're feeding us pretty well so far. Yeah, no, it was good. And yeah. we're watching gators eat leftover chicken and all that stuff. Yeah, that was the coolest part. That's kind of interesting. Pet, pet gators at the range here. Yeah, they brought them in just for this, is what they said. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's uh, let's start with Austin. Yeah. Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself, and and maybe uh, give a shout out to some of the equipment you run. Okay. Uh, maybe tell us why you run it, and we'll go from there. Well, uh, as you said, my name is Austin Orgain. I am from western Oklahoma, small town called Hammond. Nobody knows where it's at, but <laughs> you can find it on a map. Um, for the most part, uh, on all my gear, I run Impact Actions. Obviously, Tate Streeter makes impacts from Oklahoma. I do think it's probably one of the better actions out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, you know, I actually got serial number one on left-handed actions and put several thousand rounds on it never had an issue so nice. it's always good to run a foundation stock also oklahoma made i i just kind of like the uh, feel of a traditional stock uh with that it takes a lot of the vibrations out it's just a really solid stock got a lot of weight to it feels good uh running the bix and andy Taxport pro triggers uh they have a, a interchangeable shoes you can put a they call it a gator grip shoe i really like it because you can feel how much pressure you put on the trigger is it straight or curved? Or what it's is curved. It? Yeah, it's curved trigger. Why, why does it feel different from normal? I haven't looked at it. Uh, so to me, a flat trigger, you know, you have more surface area touching. Yep. That gator grip, it's it's kind of got ridges on it. It's uh, almost like a, I don't know, kind of serrated or something. Oh, okay. And so, you you know, it's really small pressure points, so you can really feel how much pressure you on it. So oh, run, okay. running light triggers like we do, yep. or like I do anyway. I don't yep. know what you guys are running. I don't but. think I'm as light as you. Aren't you like... Uh, you're like are you six ounces. I'm running seven ounces. All mine are set at seven ounces. Right now. Yeah. I'm. What are you? I'm. I'm, I'm probably 14. thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen, fourteen. Twelve to fourteen. Holy cow! Do you guys break your finger and try to pull? I know. Up a little bit. I shoot your gun and think the safety was on. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you turn the safety off? Safety on. Yeah, yeah. You're you're the you're the unsafe ones in the sport now, right? Oh yeah, right. Dangerous really? triggers. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny though. Is I, I I turned it up a little bit. It was slow, so I turned it up to seven ounces with that trigger. I can still place my finger on the trigger, feel it, and put and pressure press. on it to break. Okay, cool. So it's. I mean, it does take a little bit to get used to, but I like cool. it. And you shoot kind of unique. You shoot open sights, right? Oh, open sights. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't listen to Iron sights. <laughs> Iron sights. I was getting there. Jeez. He's, I'm just going through the He's list. He's got the peep sight coming yeah. out. Yeah. Just hey, what's, fu- what's funny yeah, is like I did just get a muzzle loader built, and it's open sight because we were going to hunting, oh. in, hunting in Colorado. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, okay. I made it two days on that rear peep and crashing through that timber. We knocked the peep sight off. So, <laughs> no. Yeah. No, anyway, no, I'm running a tangent theta scope. Uh, yeah, stepped up, man. And went from high a, class. Went from a Schmidt, uh, bit the bullet and bought some tangents. And Did you notice the difference? Oh, they're legit. Yeah. They're awesome. I mean, even running a Schmidt, you know, they got really great glass, but yeah. just, just to be able to see the bullet splash that you can see on targets and the, you know, cut through the mirage the way it does, it's just, 
He, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how you can even step up from the top end glass, but yeah. as of right now, that's the best glass I've looked to. Huh. I've heard Especially with that new Gen 3 XR. That. that new Gen 3 XR is a pretty nice radical. I was used to running yeah. a Trimmer 3 anyway. Oh, okay. So that Gen 3, you know, just fell right in. Is uh, it is it too busy at all? You find it's, it's pretty no. thin? What's the what's the trick about the Gen, Gen 3 XR? Well, so to me, the Gen 2 XR doesn't have enough. It doesn't have the two tenths wind holds on the, the on your windage or your or your elevation. It's all half mil. Yep, half so all one. these are half mils, and then um, you know I'm I'm used to running a trimmer three, so it's really busy. To me, the Gen three XR is less busy. You have a line at every mil, and then at your half mil marks, it has dots half mil over at a time, so it's okay. it's clearer than what a trimmer three is, and it makes yeah, holdovers really easy. Okay. Yeah. That's so I, cool. I really like it. Running Hawkins rings, Hawkins bottom metal. Okay. He just came out with a one-piece uh, mount for his uh, scope rings. So oh, it's really? all Yeah, it's all solid one-piece. Right on. I've got so some got of them on a hunting gun I really like. Yeah, I do, too. I, I run them on all my hunting guns with that uh, rear bubble level. Just It's real quick reference, pretty light rings. Yeah. This one has uh, a level on it, too. It's out to the side. Uh, you can either put it on the front or back or however you cool. want to orient it. Right on. Are I'm actually running a muzzle brake. You are. I was yeah. going to ask. Are you ran suppressed. suppressed. Yeah. yeah. You so ran, uh, he ran suppressed forever, and we always gave him a hard time. Yeah, for sure. I still run suppressed, man. I still have a lot of suppressors, yeah. and I, I like it. It depends on the match, right? Yep. So this match speed's going to probably matter. Yep. Not probably. It matters. Yeah. Yes, it will. Uh, you, it's faster. You know, recover faster. You move faster. It's a little bit lighter. Not shortens yep. your gun quite a bit. So I decided to run a brake. I ran a brake at a couple of matches this year. Yeah. Um. So. It's this is a good one because not, it's not super dusty. So right. kind of get some rain, and there's not, you're not blowing stuff around hardly at all here. Yeah. So, yeah. Does, uh, um, what color are you running a Dasher? Yep. You, I brought two Dashers. I brought a backup Dasher. Both of them are shooting identical speeds, identical loads, so it's kind of nice. Cool. Chambered them up at the same time. Nice. Proof barrels. Uh, yep. Started proof, shooting proof barrels this year. Cool. Uh, Chris Giddings, he talked to me, got me hooked up. Uh, we're going to continue that through next year. Cool. So, they, and I've had, I mean, they've been shooting great. Good. Seven and a half twists. Yep. Six. Seven and a half twist, six millimeters. I got a competition contour and two M24s. Perfect. And then I got a couple of carbon barrels coming. I've I've had two carbon barrels for a long time. Man, they shoot great. So yep. make really nice hunting guns. Yep. What brakes are you running? Um, I am running the impact brakes. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's impact, like Allen the, screw the, clamp on yeah, thing. Yeah, the two port. The two port. Okay. Uh, I just got a couple of new ones to try. Um, I haven't tried them yet, but they're the inside arms. Okay. Uh, Impact's going to start selling those as well. Cool. So I got those to try. Uh, I could have put one on, but I really didn't want to change right before this match. So. Yeah, yeah. And those are good brakes. Yeah. I haven't tried them yet. I've, I've heard some good things about them. So. Yeah. That's a Heathen brake? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I think yeah. that's right. And then you're running Atlas? No, I'm running Harris. Harris by phone? Okay. So I switched to Harris. Uh, running, that, um, running that Arca rail yep. with the really right stuff adapter, you get a lot of can't ability with your yep. Harris. And so I love it. I went to the, yeah, I do too. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know how I ran the, the Atlas for so long because going back to the Harris, just your, even your prone shots feel more steady. So. Yeah, I love the Harris. It's, Over the Atlas, you're saying? I, I do, For yeah. sure, yeah. Um, to me, you have to tighten that Atlas down so much to get it the same steady. It always wants, to me, that Atlas always wants to can a little bit, always has a little bit of play. And that Harris, it just locks up tight. Mm-hmm. Feels really nice. I mean, you know, I like the 45 degree angle from the Atlas from time to time here and there. But That's the one thing I miss is like, I like to fold them forward every once in a while. Like yeah. if you're shooting across a big tire, yep. like run them forward. Yep. That's a pretty. Sometimes I'll actually carry an extra one because I, I have extended feet for them that I got. So I'll carry yeah. it if I need a longer bipod or something. I think I'm going to start carrying a, maybe a Skypod. That three. Yeah. Position one, have that, and then a Harris. That'd be nice. But golly, you carry so much gear. I picked up my bag. Today. I was like, <laughs> oh, I got to lose some weight. And I dug everything I could out of there, and I 
didn't have a pile the size of my cell phone to, to take out, so it's still just as heavy as it was. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I might need that. Oh, I might need that. Yeah, I know I haven't used it in three years, but I might need it. <laughs> so Dasher, so I think we got everything. Dasher, Varget, 105s, 110s. Dasher, Varget, 105s. I actually, all this ammo was loaded by uh, Clay's cartridge company. Clay Blackhair loaded all this for me for this cool. match. Um, Perfect. Uh, I went. I had all the components and everything ready. It was kind of a, with me being gone so much for work, it was a little bit of a last minute deal. So I sent him all my components and everything. He just loaded them all. Awesome. Yeah, shooting great, man. Shooting one holes. That's awesome. Shoots as good as one I've had in a little while. That's good. So that's always a confidence boost. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm ready. It, it, you know, it's a little bit slower than I usually run yeah. dashes, but it doesn't matter. Every good one starts pouring down rain soon. Yeah, right. Next couple of days. What speed are you running those at? Uh, twenty nine forty. Perfect. Yep. 2940. I was 2930 at home, and then I was 2955, 2960 here. Yeah. See, when I got up this morning, of course, it was pretty chilly this morning when I got out and had my ammo left in my pickup, and it was cold. It was running about, it was running a little bit slower. It was running about 2920, 2925, I think, when I shot Uh this morning. And then I was like, I'm going to shoot when it warms up a little bit and see what it does. And it was back to good. Just. Oh, it's just enough. So it's a little cold well, this you got to think about it. I don't know what it got down to last night, but I think it got down in the forties, forties, and it was what oh, was 70, it really? 70 something degrees when we got over here. Yeah, it was, oh, so the car said it was ninety, and we were sweating to death. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to this. Yeah, me neither. I'm not used to this humidity. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I guess it's dry in Oklahoma or Texas. Whatever. Well, I haven't, haven't spent most of my time in West Texas. It's real dry there. Yeah, blow your nose and dust comes out. <laughs> So you're one of the one of the guys that doesn't work in the industry. You're right. work, working in the oil field, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I'll be, I'd love to work in the industry, but uh, I've worked in the oil field since I graduated college. I'm a completions consultant, okay. which I just oversee frack jobs, wireline, gold tubing, all that stuff. Everything after the drill and rig release to until it goes to production. Okay. Um, so. And mainly Oklahoma, Texas area. Uh, yeah, I've worked some in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, Have you worked out in the ocean? No, I've not done any offshore yet. I'm not. I okay. don't have uh, all my well control for offshore. Okay. The last company I was working for was wanting me to get it. We were looking at some options to go offshore, and then everything just really slowed down, and uh, just didn't. You know, yeah. found another job, and then haven't had time to go get yeah. certified for it. Which I, you know, offshore would be kind of cool for a little bit, but I don't know how long I can spend on a rig offshore. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And then what else? What? How'd you? How'd you get interested in this in long range? Well, so growing up, my parents never really shot a lot. Um, none of my family really into guns. My bro- both of my brothers played sports, athletics, and stuff. Neither one of them hunted or shot. I, I honestly don't know how I got into it. I've always been interested in it. Huh. Started out in uh, 4-H, shooting pellet rifle and pistols. Yep. And then that went into, they started a, a trap shooting and skeet shooting stuff about that same time. So I got into that. Um, did all that until I went to college, and then I didn't really shoot a whole lot through college, you know, just hunting type, type stuff. Uh, when I graduated college, I got a job in Woodward, Oklahoma, which is home to Butch's Guns. Yep. And I was hanging out in there a lot and got to know those guys, and they build the guns, and I'd always see these custom rifles that come out. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I want to do that, you know? Yeah. And then I had seen some videos uh, on YouTube from way back in the day, you know, heat strokes, early heat strokes and stuff like that. They were on YouTube uh-huh. and uh, rifles only and things like that. Um. So they just happened to have a left-handed gun, a left-handed rifle that they had built for a guy on the shelf. And I asked him about it, and he said, yeah, a guy's supposed to come pick that up. Well, the guy never came and picked it up. So eventually he, he let me buy that, and that's how I got started. It was a stiller action in a manor stock okay. um, with a break on it, and uh, I just kind of... Like a hunting gun or a small no, caliber? I, no, it, no, it was a 6x47. Oh, perfect. So I, I started with a 6x47, and I shot, I shot 
probably six or seven barrels of six by 47 out before I ever switched to a dash or anything else. Nice. Um, so I got started like that shot with those guys up there, shot a few club matches and just kind of took to it like a duck to water. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it just snowballed from there, obviously. Just burning it down. Oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, shot a lot of rounds there at first, shot a lot of matches my first year. Yeah. Um, I think at one, at one year, one year, I think I shot about 20,000 rounds. Whoa. Yeah, it was a lot. But that, obviously, that was early on. Yeah. Shot a lot of matches. I was shooting a match in there every weekend as far as club match. And then Holy smokes. Uh, some PRS matches and stuff like that, just trying to trying to get it down. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of clicked. And haven't shot near as much as that since then. But Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, Austin's definitely a high-level competitor. Won the first-year NRL championship. Yeah. And it was placed well in the PRS as well. So he's yeah. yeah, one year anyway, I had a definitely had some troubles. I should have won it the year. No, maybe not won it, but I should have placed a lot better the year they had in Oklahoma. Oh, uh, yeah, I, had, I remember I had that. some gun problems. Uh, you were my pick for the win. And uh, you that's were, what everybody yeah. was saying. I mean, it's it was my backyard. backyard. Yeah, and you went. Well, you get you get some redemption next year with both finales being uh, in your hey, backyard. Yeah, yeah so. I'm really excited about that. There's going to be a lot of matches close. Yeah, if you live in Oklahoma, you're lucky. So. For sure. Oklahoma, North Texas, uh, even Kansas is going to have a few right in there. We're going to be uh, we're going to be stacked with matches next yeah, year. <coughs> Must be nice. But hey, it's, it's going to be great because if that didn't happen, it'd be a good chance I didn't get to shoot any of them. We I got a baby coming. We uh, actually all got to, congrats on that, but we yes. actually all got together and said, "Listen, we felt bad for Austin. We'd like you to." Hey, move, I appreciate that, guys. That's a, that's a great vote. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I'll all even let finales, you guys all the matches, all the, finales, all hey, the matches. You guys just come stay at the house. You know, I we'll hang out. We'll go swimming. It's in the summer. Summertime. I like that. Uh, That'd be awesome. Um, that we'll go call good. some coyotes. I mean, it'd be okay. hot, but I guess we can. <laughs> well, hey, you know what, though? Uh, the, the early matches are like in March, and that'd be a great time. We'll go, we'll yeah, go shoot some would, stuff, come down a couple be, days. Yeah, that'd be fun. We'll have to come down a little more. I haven't been to Oklahoma much yeah. for, for a bit. So. Well, we told ourselves like we were never time. going back. <laughs> we were yeah. never going back, and now we're forced to. Tired of getting whooped on in Oklahoma. Go deal with go-heads. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't know exactly know where Clay's match is going to be set up but they they shouldn't have too much trouble with that yeah. um it's not as sandy in their area oh, okay i have about it at my at my house but i have to worry <laughs> about that we what? lay we lay on a pool deck and shoot at my house i've so. seen pictures yeah it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty good deal yeah. so quickly for the guys that geek out with this uh if we can do this quickly okay what uh reloading process what presses do you use so I have went to using a reading big boss two press because i can run all the what is that Inside no. Inline fab that has all the, oh, yeah. the oh. quick stuff. Yeah. Yep. So I, I I was able to run the inline fab so I can you know run a little r- case ejector thing. Yep. And yep. I mean it, it sped up my sizing process. I mean it cut the time in half because I just one hand is grabbing a case, putting it yeah, in, and sizing. It's just perfect. moving the whole time. Just cut it. Cut a ton That's of cool. time yeah, off. They make those for rock truckers and then that 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 press. I want to do the same thing. Yeah. So I've been using so that. currently after I, once yep. I get done shooting rounds, I throw them in the tumbler. I use corn cob media. I'm, yep. Thinking about going to a, a wet stainless tumbling. Yep. We'll see because it, it gets a little dirty. But anyway, I do that. Uh, I only anneal about every third firing. Okay. And I only trim about Amp every third or firing. Amp uh, Annealies. Okay. Yeah. So flame. It, yeah, flame. Okay. It's uh, that's just kind of what I had. I, I that's perfect. Haven't made the investment to get any of the yeah, higher end stuff. And temperature is temperature, so. Yeah, it what it, dies it works. Redding dies. Uh, type S bushing. Okay. Then I, I will actually I throw on a Prometheus. Okay. I seat with a hand seater, just a plain old Redding, yep. or uh, actually it's RCBS. The Rock Tracker. Yeah, just plain old primer. Oh, the hand, yeah, the hand, hand, primer. hand primer. Got it. Um, 
I throw my powder on a Prometheus. I actually seat my bullets on a uh, Forester coax. Yep. I used to size on it a lot, and it just not that I don't like it to size. It works that's what great. I've been, that's it what just, I've been doing. Yeah, it works great for it. It just it didn't work with the the uh, inline that, fab stuff. So, so <laughs> I, I I set it up, and it actually works out really well because I can set all my dies up and I don't have to move them. Yep. So I got the you know the stand and everything for my press. Got the trays that catch it. So I just man, I knock those out. Yep. And then as I powder and seat, I, I throw a charge. Uh, put a bullet in, seat it, put it in my case. By the time that's done, it's ready to throw another charge and just you know just keep rolling. You cool. pretty much keep everything separated. Then all your seating is is done in one area. All your sizing is done in another area. Uh, basically, I mean it's you know it's not three or four foot apart, but I just yep. I have a bench and I have it all basically in order going down the bench. So I do it uh, on the left side of my bench. I have my annealer and my trimmer and stuff when that's time, and then then I have my sizer, uh, and then I have I seat right there too. Yep. And then I come over here and I powder and seat right next to that. Cool. So, cool. I have a pretty big shop. I'm, I don't, I'm not, I guess I'm a handyman kind of, but I don't do a lot of stuff in my shop besides reload. So I just, yeah. my, my reloading took over all of it. I have a bench on the other side that I uh, do all my maintenance type stuff on, clean my gun and take the stocks off and mount scopes. And I got all my tools and stuff over there on that side where I can do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And what, uh, uh, what kind of case loop are you using? I'm just using the Hornady uh, one shot case. Shot, okay. I just I, I put them in. Actually, I use the old uh, Lapua cases, yep. the box, blue boxes. Yep. I stick them in there and spray them and shake them around a little bit. Do about twenty or so at a time, you know, just so they get sprayed good. Knock them out twenty or so at a time. Knock them out. Okay. Uh, the only bad thing about that, and that's why I'm thinking about going to a uh, stainless tumble, is after that I have to wipe them down by hand to get yep. the lube off. Because yep. I can't put them back in my corn cob media because it gets stuck in the, mm-hmm. in the flash holes. So I, I wipe them all by hand with a microfiber cloth. That's just a that's time. That's time. Yeah, yeah, I throw them back in the tumbler. So I think I'm going to do the not the pins, but that other style of uh, stainless. And you, uh, you can throw them in there for like 10 minutes or something like that. And, and a little Dawn dish soap, and it cuts that off there, and it, and it cleans it and just do away with the dry tumbling altogether. I but do the, the wet stainless steel as well. Did you? And, or you do? And I like it, yep. You like it better, but then you uh, so, so how, you how do you dry? dry well, or... but I, I've heard of a way to do that. How do you dry yours? So I dry mine with a dehydrator, a fruit okay. dehydrator, and so there, the fruit dehydrator has like ten different layers, and each layer can hold about a hundred round, or about a hundred cases, yeah. and so it's probably I'd say a eighteen inch uh, round disc, yeah. and there's a hole in the middle, yeah. and it kind of just filters all your you know uh, heat up through there. I run mine, I think, at 165 for, like, you know, eight hours. Yeah, just you know, or, or 150 or, you know, whatever, just all night. And then it just goes and it rock and rolls. Move your mic a little bit closer. There you go. So uh, the, the, I, the whole reason I'm doing this is I was talking to Clay Blackheader, and it's kind of the way he does it, and he loves a ton of ammo now. Yeah. Um, what he does is he, he'll do the wet t- uh, tumbling and then have a bucket of acetone. And then That's have, have like a, a mesh grate or something to and then just dip it in there and pull it out and that acetone, you know, that mixes it with the water and the acetone just evaporates right off. So the brass. No, Ethan's done that forever. He used lanolin, that lanolin mix, and because mm-hmm. it's a pretty good case lube. Right. And then he just dumps all the brass in the in the acetone because mm-hmm. does hardwood floor stuff, so it has a bunch of acetone. I, I don't know why it would hurt. It. I mean, unless unless it was corrosive or something and did it, I don't know why it would hurt. And it. It but you're cleaning it every firing evaporates really fast. Yeah. So that's that, a good way to do it. That's, that I think good. that's the way I'm going to do it. So that way, that's going to cut a ton of time off wiping cases. I, I think yeah, I haven't been paranoid about being having some moisture somewhere. Right. You're screwed if you, there's a moisture in the corner of your case. Yeah. So I've I've I think I've streamlined about everything that I can on my reloading process. You know, barring getting another Prometheus or something and running yeah. two powder throwers. 
but it's, I mean, really, by the, if I have it set right and I time, you know, my, my timing's right, I'll, I'll throw it. And by the time I have it seated and stuck in the case, it's time to throw another one. So I, I couldn't really move any faster there anyway. So if your brass is prepped, you can load 200 rounds in? Uh, I think the, my fastest time I timed was 100 rounds in 23 minutes or something. Yeah, so like you're 200 that. rounds under an hour. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's good. That's fast. And then let's see. Um, what other, any other geeked out questions? You ever mess with? Point and bullets or any of that kind of garbage? I haven't. Um, man, Garb- I've just... <laughs> no, I've done yeah, it a little bit. Garbage and I'm like, I don't know why. It's so annoying. I, it's, I, 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 you know, diminishing returns there. Yeah. It may do some good, but yeah. this gun I've got right now is shooting like two SDs and shooting one hole with Holy burgers, smokes. and I don't... I don't have to yeah, do anything don't mess with, them, with so that. I just load them. How often... How many firings on your brass, generally, before you toss it? The... I, I had some the last time. Last brass I got rid of had about 14 firings on it. Okay. And it was still going pretty good. Um... I just was noticing a few th- little things um, on just on ejecting it. You had a little bit of pop at the top, which then you had yep. to start running small base dies, and yep. I just didn't want to mess with it. I got 14 firings out of it, and okay. that's great. It lasted a whole season and a half before I got rid of them. Too. Yeah, that's good. And I run, I run about 400 pieces at a time. Um, okay. I thought about doing like you guys, like Jayco, high roller Jayco, over here, getting like 4,000 <laughs> no, rounds no, no. of brass and just shooting a whole year. Oh, 5,000 rounds of brass <laughs> and shooting a whole let's year get, without having to do any brass prep. That's straight, all right? Yeah, shoot a whole year and not do any brass <laughs> prep. But then you spend like, what, two weeks brass prepping after that or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you just send them off. Here you go. Here you go. Pre- hey, here, prep this, dude. Yeah, prep this. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, that's a great it's, idea. I mean, I, it's definitely nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, do it, I just did 500. I'm kind of in the small boat right now. Yeah. It's nice to have big matches, though. I hate getting caught in between. I know when you're going to big matches and stuff. And that's and the only reason I do it is is I don't I don't want to get caught. I literally take my brass. Um, it's from Brass Cleaning Services, Brendan Osborne. Yep. And I love it because it comes to me. It's sized. It's annealed. Hey, it's chamfered. So nice. It's, it's primed. primed. <laughs> oh no! Kidding. I literally take it and that's I put awesome. it in my my block. And so I got one of the brand new Gray Ops 200 round blocks, and I just load it up, and then I'm double powdering off my A and D FX 120Is with the auto throws. Yeah. And so do you powder all yours quick. and then go back and seat? I will powder all that's of mine, and then I yeah. grab my. Uh, I'm running the A tips, and they have the 50 little 50 calendar. And I'm grabbing those two at a time and topping yeah. uh, the bullets. and then that, it, That's how I used to do it when I'd run charge masters. I used to run three charge masters, if you can believe it. That's yeah, what yep, and, me too. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just what you had at the f- available. Yeah. Um, I, I actually wasn't even going to get a Prometheus. I had no plans at all. And um, a buddy of mine, he killed an Ibex with a bow and wanted to get a full body mount. And so he spent all his money on that. And then his right then his Prometheus came up and he couldn't buy it. So he was, he's like, hey, man, you want my spot? You know, I just spent a bunch of money on this. Oh, and so I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be serious, and this is kind of, you know, I was I was this starting is, to get this good. This was pre A and D 120s. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I was just starting to kind of place higher in matches, and I thought, you know what? If I'm going to be really serious about this, I might as well get the best of what there is. And this was mm-hmm. pre, uh, you know, auto tricklers and A and D and stuff like that. So I didn't yeah. have that option. That was this yeah. was the best option and, besides and the charge I don't master. know if those are better than the Prometheuses, though. Uh, they're close. I've seen some guys compare them yeah. as far as how consistent the A and Ds are. I, I, if the A and Ds are in a really good environment, right? Temperature. Like I mean, honestly, if I I think. If those were out whenever I before I got the Prometheus, I probably wouldn't. Own I but doing, I but I absolutely don't regret having one either. No, because it's like it's one, a, you know it's a balanced beam. What it is is what it is. It doesn't yeah. change. Yeah. It does not change. I, I whenever I'm loading Dasher all the time, I don't I haven't moved my scale and I couldn't tell you how long. Yeah. I just it just I just keep doing. That's cool. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, I've heard really good things about. It. I was going down that road. 
I called the guy I was going to get on the list. And then right after that, we started seeing some videos of these auto throwers. And I was like, hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. and it was right at that time. I was like, no, I'm not spinning. Because they went to, I mean, what was the, are they up to 42, 4,500 bucks, I think, is when I called them. Over 4,000. You know, I don't know. They, yeah, it, I think that's about what it was when I bought mine. But I don't know if they've gone up since. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get them, but I like getting everything in pairs. And that hurts. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> $8,000 later. Got Dave, like, oh, no. Dave Preston status over yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> no. I, I agree, though. I, I mean, I think it would be great. And I, you know, I've always thought about getting like a Dylan and doing a progressive and rigging it up with two Prometheuses where you could throw and you'd be, be doing sweet. it pretty quick. And I know there's some things you can do uh, to tweak those uh, Dylans to make them more accurate. I shot last like year a bunch on a Dylan. I don't have one. I I, I was going to buy one, and I just never did to try to load practice ammo and this and that. And yeah. turns out I don't practice very much. So I don't <laughs> really have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I, I'm sure there's some other questions somebody would like to know, but I think that covers a lot of it. Yeah. Well, uh, so, you know, back to kind of some of your performances, um, I'd say probably, what, you probably had your most successful year two years ago. Would that be uh, pretty close? You got first in the National Rifle League. and Yeah. And I think you were top five in the in the PRS yeah. in, in the same year. Uh, yeah, yeah that'd like be that. right. And then, uh, yeah, I think I won probably the most matches. There were, I also went to more matches in because uh, I won one or two PRS matches, two NRL matches, NRL finale, yeah. placed well at the PRS finale. Yep. Last year went into the NRL finale, uh, you know, not really with a chance to catch up to you guys. Yeah, you, you were know, down I, on the points. Yeah, I, I'd only made three matches. Uh, I had some issues on the suppressor at the what was a Nebraska match that we all shot together. That was probably the last match we all shot together. Oh, that's like when it comes oh, besides the finales. That yeah. uh, Nebraska match, the NRL match. Oh. That stupid spinner. Yeah, yeah, that right? Stupid spinner. Stupid why, spinner. why is it always stupid when I win? Why, why is I, it I, I shot it and cleaned <laughs> it last year, and I still uh, think it's stupid. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I, I shot well at the finale there just a little bit. I guess we all did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went one, right, two, three. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moved up. I, I think I went into that thing like seventh or something yeah. like that. And moved into third. Yep. The third. Right. I was pretty yeah, happy about that. Shot good. Finished second in the PRS last year. Yep. You've been yeah consistent. He's one definitely one of the top guys, yeah. and he's one of the more more nice guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. You gotta be you gotta be humble, right? <laughs> That's the theory. Yeah. So right, Jake. <laughs> That's right. Just gotta be a nice guy. He's over here giving big eyes. <laughs> so you know That's we funny. we have a lot of since I think every year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but three years we've went one, two, three, and then and the NRL. I had a. No, I guess I did get third that first year. Yeah, the first year you got third. Oh, no, actually, Nick Gadarzy got third. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. That's so right. you, you probably got fourth. So I, so uh, anyway, we've always kind of been up there, and yeah. it's been a really good yeah. uh, kind of threesome rivalry. Yeah, it really has. We, you know, where we've all been able to, you know, just try to win as many matches as we can during the regular season, gather as many points as we can, and then go into the finale with as many points as we can so we can um, – you know, just uh, try to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah it's ba- always close. Battle it out at the end. Yeah. Yeah. This one will be a little different. Yeah, uh, for I sure. Didn't shoot as much. And, you're, and you didn't get to shoot a lot this year. I you didn't. No, job, I did. yeah. You definitely cut into the – you're just saying, we, before we started, you're just saying you never flew to a match. I didn't. No, I, I didn't crazy. fly to a single match this year. So, well, most of them were pretty close. I don't uh, – I don't think I traveled over five hours to a match besides this one. Wow. And I, I should have flown to this one. We – Got talk, got talked into driving. And How like far a was it? Fifteen and a half hour drive. And 15, now you got two guns. 
It's true. There's some pros about there's yeah, some pros. That's, the, that's definitely the benefit. Um, I've driven obviously all over as well. We oh, yeah. have long drives to yeah. Colorado or to Utah. Yeah, you just and have when South you Dakota can bring everything. You know, when you can bring rifles and back up this yeah. and more ammo. Cleaning supplies. Cleaning supplies, chronographs. We're chronographs up guys here. Yeah. And extra rounds and tools and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's nice to have all that. Yeah. Um, no, but, no, I didn't fly. Um, you know, they there's been a ton of matches of everything, so I don't. I haven't had the need to. I, I love to travel to matches, man, especially – yeah, uh, you know, like when we met up in Denver and that then drove fun. to Telluride to Jake's match. You know, it's a great time. match, awesome location, fun drive, fun time, good yeah, guys. That was uh, a fun time. Brian Pence was with us. We yep. had a, that was that, one of my that favorite. Was, that was that was a pretty fun time. Yeah, that, that, that's that's one of my top favorites. Uh, just weekends all together, really hanging out in Telluride like that. Yep. I'm not gonna lie, that was a ton of work. Oh, I bet. I don't it know if I'd like ever it. do it again. <laughs> you, hey, you got in pretty good shape though, didn't you? Hang on, uh, four yeah. Really <laughs> 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 got a lot of workout, but a lot of those <laughs> targets and everything, I still had to hike down in there oh, and and put them up because we couldn't get down there. Yeah, yeah, like so those, those steep angle it, shots it over there on that. It edge. wasn't super bad going down. The hard part <laughs> is that when you got to go down and grab something <laughs> and bring it back up the hill, you're like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. So we did that. And, and uh, honestly, Derek Hovey, uh, you know, that's his parents' place, his his parents' ranch. And he is just a yeah. – uh, he, he reminds me of, uh, of, of John just will – hiking in the woods he just goes and goes and goes and yeah. goes and has a, no quit in him yeah. where I'm like hey can we eat a peanut butter joy sandwich <laughs> can we just relax for a second <laughs> hey wait a minute wait I gotta tie my shoe trying to come yeah. up with excuse after excuse yeah. on not, not hiking you, know? you see that except yeah, for if you're just, hey everyone look look yeah. there's an animal over there except <laughs> for you're like me it's like hey look there's an animal so we actually had at that match um we were so high i think our our da was like 13 5 i think we were shooting yeah. at like 11 yeah we had those green uh silver cans of oxygen yeah yeah and, and, and you put it up to your mouth and you take a big old hit and you're like oxygen. oh there's my there's my lungs <laughs> i can't believe it worked there's that my well. bodies yeah um, who, one of the utah guys had it in our squad and he's yeah, like here take a hit that? of this oh it was yeah it, i can't a uh, lot of people had them because it, it was, was yeah, it was definitely yeah. needed. So we take, yeah, man, that was uh, that was pretty fun. That was a high, definitely a highlight match. That one was of the a best fun match. One of the best ever. That yeah. would be a fun one to. A unique piece of property is hard to get on every year. I know. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be awesome match to have every year. But that's cool. I get it. That's cool. So then you're shooting kind of equal in our LPRS. Yeah, this year I did. Um, I started off pretty slow. I shot. I'm, PRS match in Texas didn't shoot very well, but I didn't. I, I literally shot 15 rounds between the PRS finale and that match in March or whenever it yeah, was. Months. Um, I went months without shooting, and this was leftover ammo for my backup gun for the uh, PRS finale. Oh, okay. So I obviously did not shoot like I would have liked to have there, and I just I didn't have the time or put in the time to shoot before then. I, I uh, besides one hunt that I went on in this in the winter and spring i worked i worked like 75 75 to 78 days out of the first quarter out of, out of, out of 90 days that's a lot so I, yeah i was just working yeah luckily you know as far as for home life i was working close to home so when i make deals get to come home every night but it was leave it dark get home at yeah dark. you had to be there a little bit because you're having a kid so well, that you know, <laughs> if you know what <laughs> i mean that's more recent i didn't i, I had about a month and a half off in the summertime 
And uh, so I had some time at home. Okay. You know, we <laughs> we took a trip to Vegas and some stuff. We had a good time. Cool. <laughs> Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Or you say we don't know yet. We're going in November seventh to get that ultrasound, and then we're doing a cool reveal party. All right, gonna shoot, shoot a balloon in a long range. <laughs> no, we're gonna shoot some tannerite with some stuff on it. It's gonna blow up. Okay. And I wanted to long range it, and they're like, "Oh, no, it's not good for video." So I guess we're gonna set it at like fifty yards. Okay. It's gonna be you know, real, shooting a match rifle. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah. Got to got to pimp it all, man. I'm gonna shoot it with the dasher. Missed at 50. Yeah, we're not even going to know. We're not going to find out what it is at all. we got friends that are going to set it up, and we're going to shoot it, so we'll be all excited oh, cool. to figure out what it is. We did the old school wait and see till the day of the deal. Yeah, we <laughs> thought about it. My wife says, there's no way I can wait that long. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I'm sure she'll know before I know. She, yeah. Her friend's doing it, and I'm sure they'll gab. But. Nice. So I'm not sure when this is coming out, like we said, but just quickly, since we're here, obviously, let's talk about it for a minute. But what's your what's your thoughts on the AG Cup? You excited? Are you more nervous than a normal match? You think, or do you feel like a regular one? Or what are you thinking? Uh, man, I'm stoked. I've I've been waiting for this since I started shooting. I, I think we've all talked about yeah. it a little bit about matches starting to pay some money and some things like that. And coming from the rodeo world, where you know if you were good, you could literally make a living at it. Yeah. At this, you you really yeah. can't make a living at just going to matches because they don't really have payouts yep. and something like this i hope kind of sparks that and i hope it gets a lot more interest and, mm-hmm. and i think it's just going to up the level of competition because mm-hmm. now there's you know there's some serious cash on the line yeah um yeah i mean I'm, i am nervous but i'm not nervous I, i'm not you know I'm, i plan on just treating it like another match yeah you have how much strategy so the thing that we've talked about is obviously the timed and the stage payouts is super unique right. and super cool. I love the idea of just shooting stage wins, except I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to shoot shoot, shoot, shoot a slow mash. But I love. I wished. I wish I could just shoot. It'd be so fun just to read every stage is the match, and you okay? I lost that one. Lost that one. Won that one. Won that one. And it'd be so yeah. fun. But what what's your thoughts on uh, on handling that? So I. <laughs> My game plan is the same, you know, the yeah. long haul. I, I, I want to win it. For sure. I do think if I come out and then shoot a few stages and not shooting really well or maybe have whatever happens, bomb a stage, then you're probably going to start having to push some time and try to go for some of those yeah, stage that's wins. My, that's my thought. I typically shoot fairly quick anyway. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that I shoot quick, but I move quick between positions. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe I'll get lucky in some of the harder stages that you know, some guys aren't cleaning. If you all you got to do, all you got to yeah, all you got to no do is, yeah, you do is clean it, and in, in, in a decent time, and you've got a chance to win on the tougher stages. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm weird. Sometimes the hardest stages I can clean, and I miss easy targets. But okay. So going for the win, I that's yeah. I think that's all right. where we're, we're all at. Is, is I think most guys are. Right. I'm, I'm sure there's a few guys here that that don't think they have a chance, and they'll go for some stages. Just go right off the bat and start gunning. Yeah, it'd be fun. It would, unique, that would be it's, fun. It's surprising to me to hear that Tate's going to do that. I think you know he's he's, he's not going to do that. I don't know. <laughs> he told me he was. I just don't know if I believe him. Well, I, if I, you think if he's he can, the truth, he might be. If he, he can run those first four fast. or five stages ahead of time and just try to burn them down, then he might walk away Dude, with put four or five grand in your pocket right off the yeah, bat. yeah right off the bat, and then it's just having fun the whole match. Who yep. cares? Yeah. Yep. He uh man, he runs a bolt fast and he builds positions fast. He he can shoot really fast, so yeah. And he can shoot fast and hit too. So it may be one of them deals. He may get four or five stages in and just, you know, get to really rocking and rolling and he knows he's got a good chance to win those stages, then he may just kinda level out and Well, I was thinking the same thing. Know. If you're yeah. going there shooting fast and you have three or four good stages, 
well, but here's here we th- go. <laughs> but here's the thing: if you get, say you get, t- say half the guys, say half the guys yeah. are going to go for stage wins. They're going to shoot every stage fast. Yep. Well, we can't go in there and try to shoot the stage fast because we got to try to shoot it faster yep. and get hits if we're going for the win. Yeah. You know, and make sure that we're getting hits. And you got if you got ten guys trying to shoot fast, one out of those ten is going to hit all the targets fast. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So it's going to be. I, I think the stage wins are going to be fairly hard. And no one's going to – so here's the deal is no one's going to know. That's right. I know. So yeah. no well, one's going to know. You'll be able to hear the shots. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. You'll be, well, you'll know yeah, but better. when you're talking about the difference between 58 seconds and 64 seconds, that's, that's it's, right. it's going to be hard to tell what those actual times yeah, are. No, and so you'll know true. You'll know if it's quick. Which there's going to be – you know, I, I don't think we're going to be that far apart. There's going to be two sh- people shooting at the same time. You know, how do you know which one's actually hitting the target? Yeah. You can tell which ones are going to be shooting at the time, but you're going to yeah. hear uh, feedback from the target. You don't know if they're hitting or not. Yeah. They may shoot it all in 27 seconds, but they might not <laughs> hit a target. <laughs> hit a lot of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I hit dirt every time. Yeah. yeah. So it should be interesting. But um, <clears throat> I love it. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it's going to be fun to see how it shakes out. Got, Televised. I think there's going to be a, a there's going to be an added level of nervousness with the, all the cameras and stuff. Going. Oh, Televised. Face. I think yeah. Be right up on you. Yeah. Interviews catch you right off your stage. Hey, how'd you shoot? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, not worth the crap. Can you get out of my face? <laughs> <laughs> catch me on the next one. I don't want to yeah. talk right now. Yeah, I know. I like that aspect of it. Personally. I do too. It'll, it'll it's, it's I think it, I think we're all good. It's just it'll just be different. I mean, just something we're not used to. It's everything's gonna be a lot different. Kind yeah. of semi blind for the most part. I think everything's gonna be pretty much blind stages. Yeah. With the money on every stage, the speed dynamic, like, uh, it's gonna be a lot of unique. unique Honestly, variables. you have uh, the you know the National Rifle League matches with Connex Media. They you know. Us three have really shot more than the 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 rest of the seventeen people that are here. Yeah, yeah. So sure. we've shot quite a bit more NRL matches, and they kind of do that at some of these NRL yeah. matches. So yep. it's yeah. it's actually conditioned us a little bit. A little bit yeah. It's true uh, to have a camera in our face and, and people taking yeah. Yeah. asking questions, pulling the off right after stage, and, and so getting sound bites. That's a it's a good advantage. That was the last that elk stage at Rock Lake. They're they're like filming me up close, and I'm just. Prone on a rock, missing this missing. full-size elk target, <laughs> like hundred yards, over and over and over. And they're like, "All right, how about an interview?" And it was that it was little Vallejo's like, daughter. No. And so it's Vallejo's daughter's interviewing me. How'd you do on the stage? I'm like, "Uh, very bad." <laughs> I, was like, I don't know what to say. Was, can, can you catch me in a minute? I still don't know what's going on. It was funny though, but yeah, we definitely get some interviews and stuff. So, um, well, well and, cool. anything else you want to about? So we we you know we've all shot against basically these same guys before yeah. we've all shot against each other in finales and stuff before but we've never shot against each other with uh 40 grand on the line basically so yeah that'll be well actually we did we shot with 75 grand on the line true. in oklahoma that's true so yeah the, the time that i and, and i'm not i'm yeah. not that's depressing it. i'm not taking away from anything that they're doing here but it's not the biggest payout it's You're right. not it's not the most amount of money um yeah. you know even if someone wins a twenty thousand dollar prize John won a twenty thousand dollar rifle up in uh, Canada with a full scope on it. You know what I mean, or you know, a full oh, setup. No, I lost that. I got second. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, no, I didn't. I didn't mean to remind you about yeah, that. I got hit. Right. KYL. So yeah. you know, they're, they're, yes, it is twenty thousand. It's a lot of money. It's super awesome. 100% and I, I, you know, I definitely yeah. like it. Um, and I, I really hope that the industry goes that way. And yeah. I think you know, can you guys imagine being able to, you know, take five or or six match wins every year and twenty thousand dollars every time it'd be like okay i can actually do this yeah full time yeah and then guess what the people would come out of the woodworks and there would be some 
everyone be practicing, everyone would be figuring out because you can make a hundred or or whatever grand. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's. Um, I agree. I think. I hope it goes that way. Um, I'm really curious to see how the how they how this transitions over to TV. Yeah, me too. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get some we'll get some uh, big sponsorships and things come on. We'll get a lot more recognition. I guess. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree, man. If this thing, you know, if it started going this way and a guy could shoot three or four matches and win some money in it, you know, maybe not necessarily completely make a living on it, but it's. You know, sometimes it's, it's fun, hard to yeah. even hold your money together to go to matches now. You have a lot of money flying and going to matches and yeah. stuff. And, and sometimes you John don't. and I talked about it. I think we're into yeah. this right around two thousand dollars before we even get here. Yeah. You know, and count yeah. counting your entry fee. Uh, oh. well, I guess that's three thousand. Okay, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. because yeah. I bet it costs it's expensive. Rental car, hotels, flights. Yep. Uh, you got flights. You got rental cars. Entry. You got food. You got you know you got everything going on yeah. plus a thousand dollar entry fee. It, it starts to add up quick. And you wonder why I didn't find any matches this year. Yeah, <laughs> it saves a lot of money. I mean, and yeah, so we we have to because we have one match. Right. You know, John, his closest match is He's seven hours away, hours, yeah. six and a half hours away. And I'm flying after. And that. you're you're literally. You know, at what limit do you start flying? Is it 10? Is it 12? About yeah. that 12, 13 hour yeah, limit, yeah, you're like, I'm all right, I'm flying to Utah or I'm flying to Colorado or I'm yeah. flying. Yeah. And well, hey, so at that's least our you next guys one. are building your frequent flyer miles. <laughs> yeah, it's costing a lot out of the bank account. Yeah, yeah for sure. I'm, I, man, I, I am. I'm lucky where I'm located that we have a lot of local matches that mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have to do that. Like I said, I like to do it. I like, you know, I'd like to travel east a little bit, and I was kind of yep. planning on it this year, and it just didn't work out to where I could. You know, every time that a, you know a match would come up that I wanted to go to, I was working or yeah. had been working and hadn't been home, so I decided to spend a little bit of time at home. And, Which is a well, much better decision. Yeah, you know, I was going to go out to California <laughs> and, and shoot better. those matches too, and I'd been at work for essentially I'd been home two days and at work a month and a half, and. Jeez. Yeah, my wife would have probably not been happy if I would went and shot a match. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I know, honey, I just got home, but I'm going to jump on this airplane and go to California. <laughs> no, it's definitely good. and it, uh, You'll have a little one, and, and yeah. you know, hopefully you can get to spend a lot of time with, with him or her. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know how excited I am about it yet. It hadn't really sunk in yet, but. <laughs> it will. You ready for a lot it of uh, sleeping. Sleepless nights. Sleepless nights uh, and, and wife and wife yelling at you to go change a diaper and you don't want to and you're tired and she's tired. <laughs> yeah. and I've, I've heard everybody's just, pretty tired for a few months. Yep, everyone's pretty tired. I've heard about it. Yeah. I heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about that. We That's have a good. dog that likes to get up in the middle of the night sometimes. So Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I told my wife the other day, I was like, I, w- I kind of wish we didn't have dogs, babe. Yeah, yeah. I know. She's like, what? We love our dogs. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. Yeah, hair all better. over yeah. the place. Sleep a little better at night. You know, sleep a little better. Don't have to get up at four in the morning and let uh, a dog have a, to go pee. We've got a little dog, a little uh, toy Aussie. And when I'm home, she has to sleep right in between my legs the whole <laughs> night. It does not, not matter. She it. will not move. I I'm, not. And I have to, like, pick my leg up and go around oh, her to I roll over. There's no, no way. Yeah, I'd be kicking that dog Yeah, you say that, but then no, she's just like a cute little sweet dog, and her <laughs> wife loves it. And, uh, Austin's a sweet, a little uh, yeah, he's softy. A little, he's I'm a not. sweetheart. <laughs> Seeing a new side of me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, should we talk about a topic or dive into something else for a minute? We're uh you want to talk about match etiquette? Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, yeah, let's let's give a few minutes of match etiquette. Um, we had, uh, you know, a couple people on Facebook and Instagram. They said, "Hey, can you guys talk about match etiquette? What should we expect? What should the shooters how how do shooters handle themselves? How do they act? 
how should they act? What um, it depends on the shooter. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah. and it does. And um, you know, I think all three of us are probably in a little bit different, uh, you know, situations than some other shooters. Um, we're typically really calm, and you know, we're not necessarily blowing up and and doing you know X Y Z. But that being said, you know, how how are we supposed to treat the ROs? How are we supposed to you know? Uh, treat each other are we supposed to share wind are we supposed to share gear mm-hmm. you know where does all this come um you know come from and and really what do we uh you know we're just trying to share information because we've obviously shot a lot more matches than everybody else yeah. and so a lot of new people getting into it they say well i just don't know what i'm supposed to do or i don't know okay you know what i'm what i'm thinking so that was some of the questions we got on instagram and facebook yeah. so yeah. i thought we'd kind of dive into it real quick okay so, I'm just going off the top of my head here. Yeah. Um, there's a million things. One thing that pops into my mind is on etiquette is is have your crap ready. So, yep. have, have your mags, have your ammo, have your Kestrel, your dope book, have your data cards. Prepare. Don't when, If they're following an order, if we have a shooting order, and you're the fourth person up, then you better have your dope written down and your plan and know where the targets are. Absolutely. And, and, and hopefully in those last two or three shooters before you, you're just, you've got your stuff done and you're just watching targets and watching wind yep. and you're not, you're not running around and where's my Kestrel and where's this and where's that? You got all that done. So get your stuff done and try not to make people wait. It's yeah, like, good. Hey, Jim Bob's up. Where's Jim Bob? Jim Bob. And he's running around and he's, and, and it really happens slows, to all of us. Slow we, stuff down. Something happens and you get jammed or you're first on a stage and you weren't ready. I mean, every time that, it happens every once in a while, but try to have your stuff ready. And stay paced. So when the next guy's off, um, you can be right there, stand there for the for the RO to have you start you up. And then when you're done, if you're not shooting for eight or nine guys, grab some brass. Um, and uh, I don't know. That's one thing that pops in my mind. Anything pop into your mind? Honestly, I, uh, you know, he was talking about some of the the wind sharing and things like that on new guys coming to matches. I would like to see more new guys come from club matches and club series yep. than coming their first time to a prs match or nrl match a national level match okay uh, to me a national level match shouldn't be your first match i'm not saying that you know that and yeah you can't stop people from doing it but yeah and ge- geographically if there's not a there's going to be more and more of a club level right in most and, and that's States. and that's why i say it. i mean yeah, yeah geographically if you don't if you don't have that option i'm not saying you should travel seven hours for a one-day match yeah no, that's fine but but you should know you know how to get your dope Know how to find targets. Know how to find targets in your scope because that's that's what you see a lot of new shooters struggle with. Agreed. Um, you know, and it, and it really slows the match down. It yep. slows the pace down. And you know, from guys like us, whenever you're kind of on a roll and you're you know you're feeling it and you're wanting to move on to stages, and you get some new shooters come in and they're just moving really slow. Yeah. They don't have their dope ready when they need to. You're waiting three or four minutes for them to. Uh, get all their stuff ready and shoot the stage. They go down. Okay, now where are these targets? Well, you, I know you just showed me four times, but where are these targets again? Yeah. And I think a lot of that could be mitigated if they just shot a couple of one-day matches. Mm-hmm. Because then you they're they're they got their target acquisition better. They know when they're going to dope. They know how the match flows. They know when whenever they need to have their stuff ready and be up. Exactly. And they do it. I, mean, yeah, I don't. Because the club I, day is a mini. It's a mini two day. It's a, mm-hmm. so six seven stages at a club match. It's essentially yep. you go to a national level match and you do that three times more. You yep. shoot. You know. It's usually a lot less stressful. I mean, you know, yep. it's a lot lot lower key. You got, and, got you got guys there that can help you most of the time. And people there's will call corrections guy. on the clock for, for sure. you, and then and then you'll get to know. Generally, depending on your area, but. 
if you go to a handful of club matches, you're going to run into a handful of the upper-level shooters in your area, and you'll be able to watch them. You'll get to know them a little bit, and maybe when you go to your first day, you could your first big national match, you could squad with them and, right. and be comfortable. And definitely that, don't don't forget, if you're a newer shooter, to ask questions. 100%. Um, oh, and tell people you're new. Yeah, yeah. say, hey, this, this is my first or second time. For sure. You know, how does this typically go? What do I do here? And most everybody, uh, if you can tell, yeah, that guy looks like he's been doing it for a while, Ask them some questions, and then ask somebody else too. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's huge. I think knowing knowing I'd like to know I'd like to know if there's a new shooter in a squad because some of the matches National Rifle League will let uh, you shooters you can call some corrections on the on the clock. So I'll, you'll, every once in a while you'll see a newer shooter come to a national, and you'll you'll see them burn ten shots off the right edge of a plate. And they're recoiling off, and they're not seeing any of them. And if you tell someone it's your first match, um, depending on the rules, sometimes you're allowed to give some corrections, mm-hmm. and so you can help those person out on the clock. But we're not going to know if you don't say it. Yeah, um, I think that's good. Any, what about you? What, what etiquette things pop into your head? Uh, you know, kind of, kind of the same things you guys had uh, said. Be ready, and you know, kind of know what you're doing, uh, or at least pretend like you know what you're doing. I think also too is. Uh, you know, we we talked about asking for help or asking for something like that. Part of the etiquette uh, of what I was, um, you know, kind of hearing is, is it okay to ask for when? Is it okay to borrow someone's equipment? Is it okay to um, do things like that uh, against your competitors? Because it, sometimes it kind of is a weird... That's good, yeah. It's a weird, um, you know, combination when you're competing against somebody and then, you know, I'm competing against John, but I'm asking his win because I'm trying to beat John. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... That's there, weird. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, there's, there's a little bit of weird... Uh, but we still do it. Well, no, <laughs> but if you don't, if you don't and everybody else is, you just put yourself at a disadvantage. I know. So, now, I, I, yeah. like, I really like this kind of match, and I've fun. shot a few matches like this to where there's no windshearing yep. at all. Yep. And you have to run your own thing. And to me, if a match director comes and says, which it's hard to stop, but... There is ways to control it. But if he comes and says, no wind sharing, get, you know, you're, you're disqualified if you share wind, this and that, that's fine. No yeah. problem. No wind yeah. sharing. But if, if you go to a match and they don't say that and you're able to share wind and say, we shoot together and, you know, three top other guys shoot together and they share wind and we're like, hey, let's shoot our own match. Let's not shoot. Let's it's, not share wind. It's a disadvantage to no, us we'll lose points. for sure to do that. Yeah. So... You I almost see. have to do it if it's a, not required for you not to do it. I think it goes... Geographically, I've noticed when you travel east, people historically when I've traveled east, people are a lot quieter. They don't. Yeah, there's absolutely. not a lot of talking, and they just because they don't. Not because any whatever, well. but when out west, everyone talks all the time. Yeah. I th- I'd say an etiquette for that. So, um, one match comes to mind uh, recently, and good kid. I was shooting horrible. I was shooting. I didn't even know where my stuff was coming, and I he'd come up and ask me my wind call after the stage. I'm like. You just watched me get like a three Dude. out of ten on an easy stage. Like, <laughs> don't, don't talk to me. I have yeah. no idea. Not, let alone, I was I was upset. I was like, I don't know what is going on. But I didn't know what to tell him. Right. So there's there is some awkward. Be if you're gonna ask for ask for win, it's fine. Especially as a beginner, please ask for win. Um, understand the difference if we're shooting a dasher and you're shooting a hot six creed. Just because I held point five doesn't mean that's point five yeah. for you. Have a little bit of understanding. Uh, but watch if a guy just does terrible on a stage, give him give him a little space. There, there we go. Good, you know, yeah. just give him. Yeah. A, and you don't want For his sure. win call if he missed everything. You're you should be on glass behind him, 
and kind of seeing what's going on. Oh, he's missing way right, or 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 it's just going into the tall grass, and he's not going to know anyway. He's guessing different holds, and you know who knows what's going on. So maybe if someone burns it down and and they're good attitude, and you maybe ask them, and don't ask just every single stage. Hey, what's your wind? Hey, what's your wind? Hey, what's kind of get a feel a, and try to try to try another another tip would be. Try to have your wind figured out. Put some thought into it. Look at it. Run your own numbers. Write your numbers down and say, hey, does this in the, is this in the ballpark? I appreciate when guys do that instead of having blank on their number and they walk up to you and they say, hey, what's your wind? And they want a wind call for every, Start sing- it down. every yeah. single yard. <laughs> I know. Like, and then I won't, like if there's a five-target stage and you shoot you know, a 400, a 600, an 800, a 1,000, a 1,200, well, I remember my last wind call or two. I don't necessarily remember all of them depending on the stage. So – you maybe I'm, you know, just try to have a plan for yourself because you're not, you're going to learn that way. You're not yeah. going to learn if you get hand fed wind calls every match. I, I think, I think, uh, reading winds is, is not necessarily a lost art, but I think that's what holds a lot of people back is they mm-hmm. never really yeah. learned to win. I've seen guys finish way up in matches, you know, in the top mm-hmm. of matches that cannot call wind just because they got somebody shot well in front of them and yep. was able to we share the wind have. call and they just ran it. Oh, yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like, if you guys are shooting in front of me and shooting well, I, I wouldn't mind your wind call. Yeah, we talk about it. Just to help it, we'll talk about it. But at the same time, I already have wrote down what I think it is. Exactly. I just want to verify what I think it is as close to what you yeah. run, what, what works like, for you. You started with point seven, right? And you're like, yep, and okay, I got it. Because if I look at mine board. and I'm, I'm, you know, I've been shooting pretty good and I, I've been uh, reading wind really well and I see it and I say, man, what'd you hold over there? And you're, you're like, man, I held a mill. I'm like, mm, I got point seven wrote down. I'm. You know, I might think about it and reevaluate a little bit, but I'm, I'm, or but I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to split the difference, yep. or I'm going to trust my abilities more. Maybe, maybe our zeros are a little bit different, and this is what's been working for me today. You know, we've got a tenth or so different a win. Maybe you run a little slower, a little faster, a little different bullet, whatever. Yeah. Um, but for learn sure. to read your own wind, learn to do it well, and trust what you got. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Ask to verify you know if i you know if i look and say hey would you hold for when you say man i was running point seven, whatever or five mile an hour nine o'clock and i'm like well yeah. that's exactly what i have wrote down so good deal you know yeah. just, yeah, just confirmation yeah. one, one thing that i can say is it's it's typical uh it, it's typical for uh, i would say most all the top shooters in my opinion to uh regularly share information mm-hmm. Um, with anyone that asks or, you know, there's there's really no hold back on any information. I've never seen that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I have seen I've some seen hold back <laughs> on, you know, kind of mid-level shooters that yeah. are trying to get, yeah. you know, they're they're so focused on beating, you know, other guys in their, in their area. They might be a little bit timid as far as mm-hmm. wanting to share that information. Um, but I think some of those guys are realizing that, hey, okay, this is a, a friendly sport. Uh, we're all out there because we want to hit targets. We're all out there to have fun. Um, and really they, they figure out that those wind calls aren't uh, necessarily as important as they thought they were. Set up on the stage and the mental game and the preparation and the position and making it all the way through the clock uh, usually is, is much more important than – given one wind call, um, on an afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yep. you know, uh, you know, for, for etiquette, for some other things, um, you know, maybe, maybe we could talk a little bit about, uh, RO, uh, you know, we've seen some, some really good examples of, of, you know, people just being awesome and accommodating, uh, to the ROs. We've we've also heard of or seen another you know some other bad examples of uh, you know some of that 
let's 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 realize that some of these ROs are very new. They're out there volunteering their time. They're not professional shooters like someone else might be. Uh, they're not, um, you know, in the sport. And they're literally trying to do the best they can. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty important. You know, you'll see a lot of the... I kind of relay this to top shooters because I, 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 I shoot a lot of top shooters. But, man, almost almost all of us, after the stage, we go up, we shake a hand. Thanks for volunteering your time. Thanks for being out yeah. here and, and mm-hmm. you know, appreciate you. Well, and we've all ROed some matches and stuff, so we know how, what it's like. We know exactly. It's, you know, it's not yeah. the most fun thing to do most of the time to come yeah. out and do it. <laughs> you're sitting there all day doing yeah. the same Looking thing your glass, over and over. Eyeballs hurt. Yeah. 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 yeah, I ROed a heat stroke one year, and I was like, I, oh, I sure that. wish I was shooting this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think – I think I don't know. I, I, I've seen some a couple bad things that I was uh, mad about watching some guys do to some ROs, but for the most part, I think it, maybe it's a little overblown. I think people talk Absolutely. about bullying the ROs. I yeah. just I don't see that. I don't, I don't, see I don't either. either. I don't either. I, I, you'll every now and then you'll see a guy, and it's actually usually like a you know maybe a mid level shooter the or something worst like one that I've seen was, was a mid pack guy and they and they'll blow up on the oh I hit that I hit that no no you didn't and and even maybe somebody else on glass one of his squad mates that was mm-hmm. watching too said man you didn't hit that and well, he still wants to argue with it. it's like man I I benefit nothing from telling you that you didn't hit that it's yeah. just it's just a fact that you didn't hit it yeah so and you know they'll still get real poopy with the ROs and it's just that's eh, not cool yeah like I said those guys are most of the time volunteering their time mm-hmm. they don't have to be there and you know. A lot of times you get really good quality ROs, and sometimes they do miss some stuff. They do, and yeah. you may have to come up and say, "Hey, you know, target three, did I hit this or not?" And they, you, sometimes they'll be like, "You know what? You might have hit it." Blah blah blah. And it's good to have, you know, if somebody else has, you know, a, a verification on it. if they were on glasses, nah, I didn't see anything. Okay, no problem, no big deal. Yeah, or they say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you hit that too." Then you have two guys, but you don't, you know, don't get mad at them. Don't get crappy don't, with don't them. bully for points yeah. don't bully for points that you're not sure you got i've right. asked on a couple times i'll be like are, did you see where that went like yep. big plates with dashers sometimes don't move there's been some situations i was in well i won't say the match i was watching brian pinch shoot and i watched him just smoking targets and they didn't give him three hits yeah. that he just absolutely got and Center and punching. that's maddening like that doesn't happen very often right but it was uh it was just blatant and those guys just puffed up and they were not backing down and like there was everyone with a bunch of guys on our squad were on glass like everyone was like he completely hit it and, yeah. and we're like okay and so it just left it brian went over and he was pissed but he's like it is you know sometimes it happens I, kind I of our theory on the year of average it's gonna yeah. you're gonna get some you're, you're gonna win you some are. you're gonna lose some that's the you know that's kind of the the downfall running the smaller calibers your dashers and stuff like that they don't yep. move targets you're gonna you're gonna lose some calls in the year and then, you know something like that you might even be able to call the master director over just you know don't Still yeah. don't get crappy with the RO. Just exactly. say, hey, can we bring the master director over? We don't exactly. want to talk about it. Yep. You know, there's no, like we said, nobody's making a living at actually shooting yep. the matches. So why, there's no point in being. Yeah. One thing that I tell all my ROs, because I run a couple matches um, every year, both for the National Rifle League and Precision Rifle Series, is no one's making a million dollars out here. If they really, truly want that point, I could care less. I, you know, I want them to come out here and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what we do at our matches is that if they are arguing for those points or saying, you know what, I hit that point, you're, you're allowed just to give them that point. 
but I want you to put a little star by their name on the paper backup sheet. Oh, now you're going to change the symbol for the next match, so guys are oh, looking yeah, at stars I'm gonna, I'm now. I'm going to do a little check mark or whatever. Yeah. And then what happens is I, I have all those paper backup sheets, and so at the end of the day, I just thumb through them and see if I'm seeing a pattern. And there might only be four or five, right? Yeah. Four or five stars or four or five check marks at the you know the entire day is over mm-hmm. and that's you know 15 or 18,000 rounds of just went down range exactly um, so I'll go through but if I see two or three check marks by Austin or John's name yeah. now I'm going to say okay what yeah. in the world's going on yeah. here but yeah. if I see one by Austin's name okay he he thought he hit one and they yep. gave it to him perfect yep. sounds good to me yep. as soon there. as i start seeing a pattern of what's going on i can say okay now we have an issue where you know we got to stop this yeah. and typically my limit is two <laughs> so yeah. typically as a match director because yeah, you if, know what happened other times where guys didn't put a check down They're exactly like, oh, and so right. you know i just tell the ro's i say you know what give them points Honestly, I could care less. Y'all could have all the points. It yeah. doesn't even matter to me. Yeah. You guys all want to tie? Let's just tie. Everyone gets 100 points. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It really, truly doesn't matter. Um, and so if you want the point and you're willing to fight for it enough where you're going to argue, okay, we're going to give you the point. But just know that we're going to put we're a little check gonna, bark by your name. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're also, also going to change give the, you a We're going to give you yeah. not, not a star. We're going to yeah. give you a frowny face. Yeah, a so, little frowny face. And then we can really yeah. come up with, okay, uh, is is person X taking advantage of the situation? Or is person X really feel like he got hosed on that? Okay, if yeah. he feels like he got hosed on it. Yeah. Because you're not going to get hosed every single no, stage. No. You know, that's just not how no. that's not how matches work. So should we spend like five minutes just calling people out by name who we've seen do this? Sure. Let's just, let's just, <laughs> let's Austin, just run you're, Austin, you're up first. Yep. No, 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 you put me on the spot here. Wait yeah, a minute. Wait a minute. Think about this. <laughs> we, we, just put people on blast. Yeah. Absolutely blast. We could do. But, you know, I mean, etiquette for that is – um, you know, typically your your words will go a little farther um, if you're calm and, yeah. and you're yeah, trying to figure like, out what's going on. My wife tells me this all the time. It's all about the tone of your voice, right? It's it all is. about the approach of it. Absolutely. You know, if you come in is and you're fired up. When you're yelling at her. Okay. Like, I, I don't ever yell at her. She's like, I don't like your tone. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, you know, we're not going to talk about that. She might listen or something. <laughs> so one thing that, that bugs me, and there are some shooters that do it, is right when they miss. Yeah. They actually say, oh, was that an edge hit? Or some junk phrase that they want to <laughs> come up with. And it's like, will you guys shut so up and just shoot? That's yeah. such a tough one because, because I'm guilty of that a uh, couple yeah. times a year and because they're legitimate edge hits. Or they're close. You, you can't hit a target, hit a target, hit a target, and miss 15 feet right and have the target shimmy. Like, it happens. So there I know, is but a I'm valid, t- re- valid reason. But I've, I know I what you're see, saying. I see what you're saying. I watch the guy at your match do that every single Every time, every time he, he misses. misses. It's like, oh, is that an edge hit? No, it wasn't. You missed and keep shooting. But if he gets one of those every <laughs> other stage, that adds up yeah. to a bunch of points. And I was just, I was just going that's, crazy inside. That's why I put these little stars by their uh. names, just so that we we stop out. But yes. Good idea. So that's, that's one thing that bugs me. Um, so just, if you're a shooter, uh, this is not that's and that's not new level shoot stuff. This yeah. is when you get a little further along and you start yeah. really caring how you're doing and and guys whatever competitive get competitive. They're Which I mean, obviously, I don't think it gets much more competitive than us. No, about no. as competitive as getting. And, yeah. I, and I, I want to hit every target too. And sometimes you know, if I shoot 
not even necessarily edge hit. If I don't see anything, I'm like, hey, where'd that go? I'll do that. Yeah. You know, and just, and, always, and most of the time, I'm just talking to myself. I'm like, yep. dang, I didn't see that. Where'd it go? So I didn't, yeah. it's just, you know, me processing something in my head, not necessarily arguing yeah, or asking for anything. Yeah. Like, Did you see where that shot yeah, went? It, like, uh, I, it and and actually, a lot of times when I say that, I'm like, dang, where'd that go? And just, I'll just keep it's carrying on. And then yep. me talking to myself and saying that loud, yep. cued him to maybe, oh, yeah, I know where it went. And then at the end of the stage, I just say, hey, where'd that go? Yeah, I know where it went. Because, you know, it, yeah. it, it basically cued them to know. What's funny, too, is that yeah. uh, if you go up and you miss a target, maybe you just burned an edge, and the RO calls it an impact. You're like, oh, you think you missed it, but then the RO called it an impact. So what do you do? Do you hold in the same spot? Yeah. <laughs> because then a lot of times I'll like, maybe the RO saw something I didn't see. I'll hold in the same spot. Sure enough, I miss it right off the left-hand yeah. side. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the there we go. We burned that one off but the see, edge. So, yeah. so every now and then you get a, get a call, right? But yeah. How do you argue to say, no, I didn't hit that, yep. unless you just absolutely know you didn't hit it? Because we're under recoil of the rifle. Yep. It might have been an edge hit. You might have seen the target shimmy or something like that that you didn't see. Yep. But at the same time, so that evens it's out a little hard, bit yep. on the ones that get missed yeah, throughout the year, throughout a year's that, time. That's kind it of doesn't happen very often, but, yeah. but it's – That's my thought. You know, you, you give and you get just a little bit as um, long as it's not like – Two it. weeks ago, I was at the California match, and uh, we were shooting on a reverse rooftop. And so I get up on the rooftop, and I shoot my first target – uh, three times. I go to the next target, and I was just getting on, uh, you know, the scope, and the RO says, impact! And, I, and so I looked at him and I said, I haven't even shot yet. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if, if you want me to take that or what's going on, but uh, here we go. And so then I shoot, and, and I ended up hitting all of them anyway. But it did was someone else shoot the wrong funny. target, or what? Someone, someone or shot the wrong target, the or he was he was looking at a different target, a wrong oh, target. Yeah. So he was I've, calling I've, I've impact. I hadn't shot yet, and so I, I looked. I said, it. I haven't shot yet. Hey, so. I actually saw that happen one time in a match. <laughs> a guy lays down. A guy shooting a stage. A guy lays down by him on on deck, and it was just kind of dry firing, and um, somehow he had left around in his chamber. Oh no. And just dry firing, and shoots and hits the target that he's fixing to shoot at, oh, and no. he shoots it and hits it. And it just freezes, and that guy shooting goes, I didn't shoot. What the heck just happened? Oh, no. And, I mean, this guy oh, just turned white. No. And, yeah, I mean, that was it for him. Yeah, yeah, a little, little, little DQ action. Yeah. Yeah. Heading, for, heading for a blizzard. Yeah. Heading for a blizzard. John, have you ever DQ'd? No. 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 I've never AD'd in a match, knock on wood. Yep, I've never DQ'd. Uh, but I run a, a heavy trigger that makes my finger yeah. cramp up. I haven't either. No. It's, uh, I don't. I've never been close. I haven't. I haven't had any big anything awkward. I generally haven't had any issues. I've had. I've had. I've been on squads. Um, I've I've seen some things from shooters that I really don't like. I've seen some things from ROs that I really don't like. But I generally stay out of the fray mostly, and I usually will. I'll talk with the match director. Mm -hmm. So usually I, um, I don't. I've had to grab a shooter uh, twice. I remember one very clearly. The other one was a little bit later, and then I've talked to the ma- I usually talk to the match directors. Mm-hmm. So I haven't yeah. had any big any big issues. The other things I've I've had issues with was was triggers going down. Um, yeah, you know it they'll go off when you open the bolt or something mm-hmm. like that. But oh, okay, you know what the, I was experienced. Luckily, I was experienced enough at the time to where I pulled the trigger, nothing happened. I'm like, there's a good chance that when you try to cycle the bolt, it's going to trip. So you just yeah. so you just stay on target and you and do it. And I have actually hit targets. Risen the bolts <laughs> yeah. before. Uh, you know, you get in bad weather, ice or wind and, and sand, sand and stuff sand like that. Or or get moon dust, that Oklahoma moon dust. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about you? Any, any 
No, I've I've ad in practice a couple times. Um, I did that this week at the house. Yeah. Was like, what was I doing? I've in practice, but it not, not very, in a match. I was prone, and it was I hit the target, but it was you it, know just just either sure. goofing off or or you know maybe trying a new position or an awkward position. Uh, positional stuff is probably the hardest for me, especially when you're tied in tight to like a sling and you're trying to get your yeah. rifle in your shoulder and you're trying to maybe go prone. Yeah. So, so here's a this is going to be a master director comment, isn't it? Me? I don't, I don't, I'm not a master director. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think there's some controversy stuff. behind this, right? So, yes, uh, an ND is a negligent discharge, ADX, an initial discharge that you didn't mean it to happen. But what qualifies it as being unsafe? Because mm-hmm. you could AD and not be unsafe. Yeah. If, yeah, you are, if you're basically on your rifle and, and I, on the berm that you, you already – hit the target. Yeah, seriously. I've watched. I've now. I mean, if you ad and you send one over the hill or something like that, that's a little bit different. But yeah, most I, of the time, the ads that I have actually seen have been somewhat close to the target. Yep, almost yeah. all of them, and that's a controversial thing. And, and guys will be like, "If you didn't mean the gun to go off, then you need to yeah. go home." And so there's going to be hard that side, right? But then you watch guys go prone. They just shot 1,200 yards, and they come over to this 300-yard barricade, and they're shooting a that's rev right. a rev ten mils high. So they're sending bullets. Over the top of the berm. Right. Way over the berm. Yeah. And so those are way further off, and those were on. I've watched guys shoot six rounds just into the sky, just out to nowhere, and generally. Exactly. So what? what how so, is that less dangerous than, than you know, yeah. accidentally touching off the trigger and hitting the berm that you were the target's That's on? That's a good point. It's controversial. And, and, you know, whenever, you know, all that stuff was happening, the finale and stuff, yeah. the, you know, some people were coming on there, we got to get this under control. It's super dangerous, this and that. There was not a single AD that happened at the finale that was dangerous. Yeah, they all I watched. Everybody the was on the gun. Everybody John, was basically uh, in glass. Yeah, he was in John, yeah, he was in our squad. I watched him, and I watched what he did. Yeah, he literally closed the bolt, and he probably missed by six feet, yeah. seven feet. He yeah. hit. He hit I've the seen berm. people miss more on wind calls than that. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. And I missed so, on a wind call more than that at a club match yeah. the other day. <laughs> <And he, laughs> Speaking of the devil, yeah. and so he 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 actually um, he looked back and and said, "What do you want me to do?" And that was one where they, they DQ'd him for that. And from so, the whole match. The from PRS the entire finale. match. From the See, finale. I just, I just really, where he works hard all year to get yeah, to. I don't, I don't think that's right. I I, I, and I, would agree. I think if I it was a right. dangerous situation, which, I mean, you don't want it to get to that point, but or if, or if it was a continual thing, if it kept happening, then, yeah, then you got to do something If your gun's not it. safe, if it's a mechanical failure and your right. gun's not safe, then, yeah, you can't, you can't shoot. Which don't DQ them. Switch guns. I mean, yeah. somebody's got a Change backup trigger, gun. Whatever. Fix, fix it. Fix See if you can fix it safely. Yeah, that's going to be a debate where guys are probably freaking out right now, being like, "If you had a gun go off and you didn't mean it to go off, and you should," and the big the big comment is you're running these gamer triggers for two. Like, people would be mad at you for running that light. They're probably mad at me for running twelve or fourteen ounces. And they're like, you need to be two pounds. You need to be a pound and a half. So you what, need to be a minimum what's, pound. what's that two pound trigger going to change on it? If you hit the trigger, touch the trigger off. You touch the trigger off. They're going to. I say, mean, yeah, maybe if you were like. Trying to bend the trigger shoot, trying to pull the trigger, it was not going to go off. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like I think common sense, common <laughs> yeah. sense goes a long way. For sure. And I don't know, I don't. There's definitely some safety talk and stuff, which obviously super important. I'm not sure what the right answer is. I I agree with you. If you're on a barricade, you're getting a position, and you're coming across, or you you close. The, I see a lot of guys close the bolt. They get on target, close the bolt, and as they close their bolt, their middle finger will bump it or something. So so I th- I really think that. Um, if you're on a barricade and you're skyloading is more dangerous than can yeah. be more dangerous than what the AD was if you're on your gun behind the scope, close the bolt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Obviously, like, you know, flagging or anything like that is 
It's yeah, unacceptable. unacceptable. But, and and I think that I definitely think what that could be a What about flagging your own foot? What about resting an unloaded gun on your foot? <laughs> I guess if you want to shoot yourself in the brain, go ahead, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> if, you're do, if you're doing that. No. So uh, and, and that's uh, hard because we don't want to do that at our match. So I'm I a know. match director, and so I have to I have to think about this both ways. Right. So I'm a shooter. I really want to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And yeah. so if I have my hand over my gun. Yep. You know, over or I have the gun on my foot. I want to have, I want to have the ability to make my own decision to do that. But then I also think about it from a match director standpoint and say, I can't have anyone shoot their dang foot while. Yeah, I don't, don't want to be known this, for this the match director. This is on my time, time right? Yeah. So, no. okay, you do that. You're DQ'd, and yeah. so then I have to try to think about it both ways. I don't know what the right answer is. I really don't. Um, and it's it's I'm, I'm not gonna say I do you know I just want to make sure it's everyone's safe the everyone's NRL having a good said, time. Isn't the NRL statement if you if you if 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 your gun was points at your foot or if you flag something you're DQ'd. That's yeah. Right that, now. So so that's the rule is, with the, the NRL is if you flag uh, yourself or anyone else you're DQ'd. But here's the deal is that, that that's not enforceable. For example, at the last match, people are carrying their rifle on a sling. Muzzle pointed down, and every time they take a step, their right foot is now coming in front of the muzzle. Is that flagging? I know. So, I so, so that's the problem is that we have a rule that's really not enforceable. Or if you kick it off to the side where it's not going to point at your foot and somebody walks beside you. Yeah, then someone you walks beside you. And, you you flag flag and yeah. so that's the, that's the problem is that we have a rule that's really not enforceable. And, and we can, I can sit there and I can point out. To the match director, hey, look, every time that person takes a step, that muzzle and the foot is crossing paths. And I, and I think, is, is that a DQ or no? Yeah. Well, no, that's stupid. Exactly. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of people have gone to chamber flags. And I think chamber flags are a great idea because the raffle can't go off with the bolt is up and back if you got your yeah. chamber flag. And it, mm-hmm. There's no possible way that raffle can go off. Yeah. Mechanically, any other way. Yep. So if you got a chamber flag in, I'm, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, I got a chamber flag in, I can point it at you. No, but but yeah, I know. I I, 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 I don't like running chamber flags. I like and I like putting covers over my guns. Yeah, so, uh, protect from dust, protect from rain. Protect yeah, from I mean, elements. especially in some of the some of the weather that we shoot in. I yep. agree, hundred percent. You know, and, and that's that's almost even safer than anything else because you're you know you're keeping all that stuff out of your mechanical device, right, right. a trigger, a. a yep. Your action, and so you're not going to have trigger malfunctions. You're not going to have the potential to send a round downrange when you're closing a bolt. Yeah. But at um, the same time, you get some people maybe that aren't as experienced, or maybe that just aren't as yep. uh, responsible, and they may have a dust cover like that, and you have no idea if their bolt's closed or open or and chamber flag or anything. Yep. 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 And that's so that's you may exactly they may right. take it off, and you look over there, and they got their bolt closed. Uh, you don't know if it's hot or and you, like, mag- uh, you have no idea if it's hot or yeah. not. Yeah. Yep. We've oh, seen that a lot too. That's a. That's interesting. And, any, and, any other etiquette? Should we? We're getting a little long. Okay, we've yeah. been on safety for a long time. Yeah, yeah because it's kind of a hot debate. With so some you know, etiquette. Um, get your stuff ready. Yeah, get your be stuff safe. Ready. Obviously, number one. Then this goes in safety. Don't just be guns always unloaded, Matt. You just you're not always just common sense stuff. But Absolutely. I'm trying to think of anything else that would be that would be. Yeah. Uh, it's good to bring. I think uh, if you're going to first match, bring some glass, bring some binos, and, yeah. and watch. Yep. Try to watch bullets. Stand behind where the shooter's shooting and watch bullets. I think that's a good. Yeah. So you, you get, once you get to knowing it, you can learn a lot from that. Learn a lot. Learn and a lot I think also, if you are, if you have a question uh, of of safety, if you have a match etiquette question, um, bring it up with someone else too. You yeah. know, hey, do you think this is okay? Do you think this is not okay? 
um, you know, try to try to pick other people's brains as well. And and obviously for us, if you guys want to send us a message on on VP and you know say hey, uh, we we have this going on or you know what do you think about this? Just other match etiquette uh, things yep. we could definitely address those as well. Yep. And then gear, okay. I think if if someone comes, people gripe about tripods, and if you're in a squad of ten guys. Eight or nine of those guys are gonna have a tripod. If you don't have a yeah. tripod, just ask. I'll loan you mine. I, I don't know anybody that wouldn't. Um, if they're using it to glass, they're up in like two shooters and they're glassing off of it. Maybe don't ask for it right then. But if they're <laughs> done and they're you know there's eight shooters or something before they're gonna go, someone will let, loan you a tripod if it's needed for the stage. That's right. Yeah. Do not be afraid to ask for gear. If you need a bag, if you need a sling, if you need anything, people. Yeah. yeah. As long as they're not up in a couple shooters are. Gonna, I've never seen anybody say no. So. I've only ever seen one person say no. I won't oh, really? say any names. Yeah, it was over a... Uh, oh, come on. Well, we've been dropping it. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Tell a story, because I don't say <laughs> Oh, so it was over one of the uh, gamer plates, they call them, right? Yep. When they first started coming out, where you could clip them on top of the tripod and run the bag on top of them. Yep. Tack table. Tack yep. table. There yep. we go. Yep. And, uh, you know, nobody in our squad had one, and the guy in the squad before us had one, and we just asked about it if we could use it, and he's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really like loaning my gear out. I'm like, well, Okay. <laughs> so we didn't use it. So we found somebody else that had one. Like, hey, I've can we gained use that? people so many yeah. points by letting them use my tack oh, table. I know, right? I left my tack table at Heat Stroke for four stages. That stage you ROed, uh-huh. like two or three stages before, was that big those metal stairs? Yeah, I tack left it there yeah. for I don't know how long. My tack table. <laughs> I remember everyone during not everyone, but a lot of people on the stage behind us at the oh the, pipe, the pipes. That's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that's a really uh, the handy Oklahoma thing for the finale. Pipes. Uh, a yeah. lot of people were using my tack table. It, it, that's a good a match lot. for tack table. I Actually, said, hey, this year it changed. Can you guys it wasn't... just buy one online? Yeah, one yeah. I have them on my match. site. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. A couple of that. guys at, at this yeah. match were, yeah, were begging to borrow we my tack table. Time. But that's the only time I've ever heard anybody yeah, say that. No about rare. using gear. It's pretty yeah. rare. Most everybody's really willing to help. Honestly, you know, man, I played baseball and basketball and all that stuff, rodeoed for a long time, and you won't find a better community of people than you do right here. It's pretty awesome. It's Everybody, I mean, you, you you may get a couple of bad eggs, but ninety nine percent of the people you yeah. meet just good as gold. So, yep, yep. Like anything else, I think we're about done. We've been gone a little long, so anyway, we'll wrap it up. Not sure what episode this is going to be, but we'll get it up uh, here shortly. Thanks, Austin, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for fun having chatting me. Chatting with you, it's fun having a it's good catching up. Third guy in here. I, I know it's, it's been anymore. a long time. I know. So anyway, so tomorrow morning we're gonna we're gonna crash out tonight, and then we're gonna hit it hard tomorrow morning for the first day of the AG Cup. So until next time. Doodles. <laughs>